King Cruel is Archie Marshall, an English musician, rapper and record producer, credited with creating the blue wave genre, inspired by disparate artists ranging from Elvis Presley to the Pixies. Archie experiments with elements of jazz, post-funk and hip-hop, with lyrics exploring his experiences with sex, aggression and conflict. You're tuned in to Roots to Grooves. Hey everybody. What's up? Welcome. Hello Jesse. What up Jay? How's it going? This is Roots to Grooves. Roots to Grooves. Here Welcome we are. back. Yeah. It's good to be back. Another okay. beautiful night in Seattle. Another. Yeah. At least it's not raining tonight. It was horrible yesterday. Yeah. I had a wet shoe. That's so, not good. Wet socks are the wet worst. Socks, yeah. it was, that uh, is a day it, ruiner. It was so bad that I went online and bought some new shoes afterwards. <laughs> what'd, you, what'd you order? Uh, a lot of things that I might return, but um, you know what? It's Seattle and it rains a lot and I don't own any waterproof shoes. So I finally shelled out. Not allowed to wear an umbrella in Seattle either. That's the thing. Yeah. Windbreakers. Yeah. That's what people you just say. have a nice have jacket. To, nice jacket with a hood or something. Some like waterproof shoes. So there you go. Everybody, there's uh, some tips if you ever come to Seattle. <laughs> but uh, this week, I'm talking about King Cruel. The King of Cruel, huh? Yeah, King Cruel. Have you heard of King Cruel before? I or? think I've heard the name yeah. beforehand, but I never, I, knew, I didn't know what was going on or who it was. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of one of those things. You probably told me about him before. Yeah. Um, um, Archie Ivan Marshall. That's his real name, yeah. It's the real one around the birth certificate, I think. I think so. Archie Marshall. Um, out of uh, out of the UK or London? Yeah, London. He was born in a neighborhood kind of called Southwark. Southwark. Yeah. Southwark. South, South, Southwark. Well, yeah. It's one of those tests. I've been out of the UK for so long. I don't know. No. I'm probably... Uh, losing the my, accent. My fellow British people will be like, you can't even pronounce Southwark. Everyone anymore. knows how to say that one. <laughs> um, yeah, like a borough of London. Um, yeah, where he grew up. Born 1994. Yep. So he's like 26 so, mm-hmm. now. So he's still yeah, pretty young. He's been doing all this young, work. Yeah. I didn't even know he was that young. I like looked it up and I was like, damn. Yeah, yeah I was super surprised by that too. Yeah, because his first release um, was, well, he went by the name Zoo Kid first. So he has a few releases before he came out with his original, his first debut album. Yeah. And mm-hmm. a bunch of those EPs kind of ended up on his first album. Yeah, I think he um, put together some like singles with a guy called Jamie Isaac, who was, or Jamie Isaacs, it was uh, a guy that he went to art school with and was like collaborating on some music. They were pretty tight. They started yeah. collabing together. Yeah. And start, so he started making music around then kind of thing. Um, and that's when they were in college. Yeah. an art college, the Brit School. Um, it's a performing arts college, but he was studying art, I think, there. And uh, so to backtrack, like he, I think, kind of had a tro- troubled childhood growing up. That's what I was seeing too. Yeah. Uh, maybe s- some mental yeah. issues or... Yeah, I think he like got into a lot of disciplinary issues in his <laughs> high school. He skipped school a lot. Um, Didn't like the authority, I guess. Yeah. Something like that. I think his parents split up pretty early on as well so when he was younger he would spend time living between his mum's house and his dad's house right and he said that you know his mum's pretty lax but his dad was a bit more of an authoritarian Mm -hmm. so he used to actually literally have to carry him to school (laughs) otherwise he would just hide and skip it kind of thing i saw Uh, that i mean what a brat right yeah kind of and uh (laughs) 
Yeah, and so I guess like he just got into trouble. I mean, I went to, I went to school before him in the UK, so I know what it's like. Yeah, <laughs> I've been in like uh uh like so uh, yeah, like in my high school, they they split up um like the different uh, classes into like three groups of people. Mm-hmm. So like for math and science and English, they'd have like three tiers. There would be like you know the really smart kids. The not so smart kids and then everyone else <laughs> everyone else yeah and i wasn't i was good at english so i got in the top thing for maths i was in the middle and then which i don't know why because i'm really bad at maths math <laughs> <laughs> and uh in science i was in the bottom and uh and that class was just like it was just like all of the badly behaved kids they were literally like up in the face of the teacher telling them i'm gonna sh- punch you in the fucking face <laughs> and they had teachers that couldn't deal with the pupils at all and stuff like that so i feel like i don't know archie's kind of school experience but i feel like he might have been kind of one of those types of kids that you know i kind of got along with those types of kids still because they're still okay but they just had issues and i guess now people get diagnosed with like dyslexia and like learning difficulties right right there's a lot of stuff going on yeah so i know i did read about archie that he had um like he had to spend a lot of time in hospital having all these tests for Mm -hmm. like mental issues and he said it took a toll on him to the point where he like didn't like people anymore and he was like shut himself in his room kind of thing so Um, i I think you could see a lot of this in the lyrics if you look through his discography He's, he's often talking about that kind of where he's coming from in his mind and what he's gone through and yeah it sounds like he was there was a lot of contrast a a different weekend different parent yeah maybe in the hospital yeah feeling different things in his head yeah obviously super artistic at the same time yeah yeah um and able to create and be prolific um but i mean i can't imagine it sounds like kind of a he's coming from a little bit of a rough childhood you know a little bit unstable maybe yeah and i think so i'm not sure at what age but he managed to be able to leave school and get some home tutoring um and then he managed to get into the performing arts school which is um the Brit, it's called Brit, B-R-I-T. Oh, it's um, not short for anything, it's just Brit? I, I didn't... The Brit. I think so, yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> what I saw too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I just, I look, briefly looked at the Wikipedia page uh-huh. for it and I was like, oh. <laughs> eh, it's uh, Brit. Yeah, I, didn't, I wasn't going to dive too deeply into the, the foundings of the school. not what this is about. Exactly. <laughs> not what this is about. But, um, but it seems like it was, uh, like, yeah, so he kind of had issues when he first started there again, because it's like kind of a school environment type thing. Right. But he soon kind of settled in and found his place and, uh, you know, was studying art. And then he met this guy, Jamie, um, and sort of started making music around that time as well. Um, totally. Um, yeah, so like his uh, his parents were musical as well, right? Uh, yeah, I think that's yeah. where he got yeah. kind of that influence. Mm-hmm. Um, I, was it his dad, I think, was a, was an artist? And he, he, he also started playing with his brothers. So th- yeah. there was there was definitely some music in his family. Yeah, it sounds like he said his parents were both musicians, mm-hmm. um, and he had an uncle as well, was a guitarist. Yeah, right, as an uncle. Yeah. So he said um, he said they've always his parents have always made music. And one interviewer asked him if they ever released anything, and he was like, "No." He's like, "They just do it for leisure." Right. I right. yeah, I remember yeah. seeing that interview. That's super yeah. cool. They're just yeah, yeah. and he said they're doing it all the time and writing songs all the time. Yeah. And maybe a lot of them don't see the light of day, but they're doing it for themselves, for their yeah. own. Yeah, which know. would be interesting to hear what type of music they're doing. He, yeah, yeah. He did say his uncle was more of like a ska type guitarist. 
Scar? Scar. Oh, Scar. Yeah, Scar. Yeah. (laughs) S-K-A. Like I've uh, adapted to the accent and like Scar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scar. What does he mean? Scar. Scar. How do you say it? Scar? Yeah, Scar. No, exactly how you said it. You said it right. (laughs) Um, And I think that's that he got a little bit of inspiration for his playing from Mm -hmm. his uncle that that way kind of thing. So yeah, it sounds like he was, you know around music a lot growing up yeah a lot of different kinds of music too yeah i think some of his influences are um rap king some of these i haven't heard of yeah um silas Mm. jamie eilis Mm. um jay dilla Mm -hmm. i think i've heard of jay dilla but none of those other names i haven't heard of those other names either yeah if that means something to anybody there you go that's where he's getting some of his (laughs) stuff but obviously you can tell this guy's has a wide range of influences yeah as you know maybe a lot of artists do the more and more genres get yeah influence or influenced by each other and mixed up definitely yeah in today's musical world yeah he's he seems to have like he's in into elvis presley as well yeah um, and i it was one of elvis's um, movies yeah king creole which yeah. is where his name came from right yeah so that's a cool little tidbit fact which i've never seen yeah. that movie i don't know neither have i yeah it's an I elvis so. yeah. is it like one of those beatles movies where they're like mm, just I acting mean, as yeah, themselves. I'm not sure. Well, Elvis did a few movies like in the 50s, I think. Just and as an actor? Yeah, as an actor. They weren't, well, he would sing in them and stuff like that, but they weren't about Elvis being an artist. They were like, he was playing a character. And right. He'd just go into song on the guitar or something. <laughs> oh, this guy's good. <laughs> I'll have to check that yeah. out though. King Creole. Yeah. I don't think I've seen that. But I feel it's like a 1950s movie, maybe or something. Yeah. Because like it, well, he was, yeah, yeah that's when he did most of his movies, I think. Totally. 50s, 60s, yeah. Um, um, but yeah, King Creole. So, I mean, yeah. he starts making, uh, he came out with the first album in 2013. Yeah. Um, Beneath the Moon, which had a bunch of tracks on it from previous mm-hmm. EPs or singles. Um, yeah. I, I mean, guess overall, this guy's doing, it's like alternative jazz. What would you call it? Jazz fusion. It's influenced by hip hop. Yeah. You know, he has rap influences. Like, so there, the description I've, seen written about it as they say it blends elements of punk jazz with hip-hop dark wave and trip-hop mm-hmm. i feel like it's kind of a good way to describe it but i also yeah i mean personally if i was to describe it myself i would say he's kind of like a it's almost kind of like london scar yeah um like yeah not not full-on punk but there's that attitude in there totally I think, but it's definitely in his voice and the way he delivers things you can hear his accent in there and like. yeah he just like really <laughs> yeah. you know, really spreads it on there yeah. i mean i like the like punk jazz he's it's kind of a punk yeah yeah vibe yeah where i'm where i'm what i'm coming from yeah or what, what i'm hearing yeah because he said uh like the first album he listened to well the first album he was really into from beginning to end was like the pixies um mm-hmm. do little i think was the name of the album pretty good album i don't know if i've heard that one but i've heard it's good yeah i listened to a few tracks actually earlier um 1989 that album came out Mm -hmm. but it sounds like 90s you know smashing pumpkins type stuff yeah i mean that was they were pretty big influential i know they were massive for a lot of people yeah even tori and on the other episode right yeah he was a like a lot of these guys have said the pixies already mm -hmm. on you know i feel like i need to go back and dive into the pixies because i i did see an old documentary years and years ago on TV about them. I found it really inspiring. Um, Cause he also said like the bass player is also doing a little bit of dubby things. Mm-hmm. And she's a female bass player as well. Within like, the Pixies? Where, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll have to check it out too. I, I've yeah. only heard good things. I only hear that yeah. like one song that I hear at 
at karaoke oh yeah <laughs> or on the radio that they they overplay they, they hit or yeah something like they're, that. they're one yeah. hit that i yeah. that i'm aware of yeah, yeah i'm sure they have a bunch of great other stuff which you know yeah. maybe one day we'll do a show on that uh, yeah maybe we should yeah i mean they're uh, they've got a whole load of albums out yeah yeah, yeah. i but, think they're all still alive as well they're just not they just broke up i think but that's the sad. pixies i think yeah shame so. i mean not shame um yeah sad they got bigger and better things going on exactly. but yeah so like this guy's doing the alternative jazz punk jazz mm-hmm. post-punk kind of hip-hop stuff mm-hmm. like he just doesn't care mixing the genre no matter what mm-hmm. um kind of using minimal instrumentation though it seems like it's not a big wall of sound it's not a lot yeah. going on high weird wacky production it's like here's the sounds of the instruments and we're gonna like just really play them hard yeah. or, or soft very dynamically yeah. Um, but to create these awesome kind of intricate soundscapes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like it was his first single. So his first ever official release of anything was called Out Getting Ribs. And he was 17 years old in that music video. Um, I've heard other people say he was 19 when it came out. but Yeah, and I don't know. Like, I'm not um, even sure what he was doing before that. But I saw, he, I saw one video clip of him playing at Glastonbury. Uh, yeah, he's or, probably doing just live shows before he released. I mean, he's I just a yeah. kid. That's amazing. Yeah, so he's yeah. already playing big shows yeah. um, and kind of becoming an influential person yeah. in the community. And in that track, um, there's, so there's two versions of it. I think mm-hmm. there's a version that's on his first EP or first album. Yeah. And it's got some drums at a certain point in it. But the, I heard the actual official, official first release and it was just him and guitar. Are the two tracks yeah. quite different? Uh, like they're pretty much the same. The second one's a little bit more produced. Uh-huh. Like the first one is just like him on guitar. It's still kind of produced. You can hear effects in it. And do stuff you think like he that. was he was trying to figure out what he was trying to do? He's like, "What is my sound? Let me experiment a little bit." Or was there for sure? Yeah. Well, the thing about that song is kind of funny. It's like you can hear all of his mistakes on uh-huh. the guitar. Like and they just left him in. He's like, yeah, but it's part of. I feel like it's part of the what makes the atmosphere of the track yeah thing. he's he's so, delivering in a kind of a candid style yeah, and, yeah yeah and that's what i mean like kind of punky like i don't care if it sounds rough exactly yeah. like let's just do we'll the do. attitude of just like you know yeah I, I am what i am know. yeah totally <laughs> um but yeah but about that he did say um he said he's always constantly evolving mm-hmm. and so i think that's an actually interesting thing to talk about because I don't know if we've mentioned it before in other episodes, but I definitely talked about this with like Shahan, for example, kind of thing, and other, right. other people about like, um, uh, you know, when is a track or a project ready to be released? You know, because mm-hmm. you can, as creative people, we keep working on things forever and ever and ever. Yeah. Chasing perfection or something like that. When is it done? When am I done? When am I satisfied? Yeah. But I think in reality, like, the most gratifying thing is to put something out. And then move on to the next thing mm-hmm. because you're you're never going to be perfect. You're always going to be constantly evolving, you know. And so, I feel personally like it's better to evolve out in public rather than, you know, in your bedroom hidden away for ten years yeah. not releasing anything. Like, yeah. and, and I think that's what he did because he's super young, seventeen, nineteen years old. Released that one track. There's fucking mistakes in it. Like it's rough. Mm-hmm. Recording quality is kind of lo-fi but not quite, you know, it's sort of semi-produced. But, but it was like, yeah, that punk attitude, don't give a fuck. I like that. Just put it out. And, and yeah, and like he said in other interviews, um, yeah, he's constantly evolving. So he, he was asked about the first album, like what was the oldest track and what was the newest track? And um, I forgot what those were, but he said he could hear his own development. 
within the same release yeah, within that time period because it was like four years or something like mm -hmm. that you know yeah so it totally takes on that idea that uh, mindset of being in in the middle of a process mm -hmm. kind of always and that's what i've been thinking about a lot you're, you're never you never get that kind of hit of gratitude like i'm done mm -hmm. i did it with a release or with any kind of project or goal yeah and i think you're you're stronger if you kind of come from that mindset as a i'm in a process and i'm going to you know do it see it in the past look in my rear view yeah learn how to do something better yeah or a different way get a new perspective yeah yeah. and that's a pretty so, cool thing to do so mm -hmm. I, I respect this guy for for kind of doing that because a lot of people don't want to release their stuff because i'm still working on it yeah I, i'll be a better producer next year yeah yeah <laughs> or, or you're gonna die <laughs> next year and you exactly, never got yeah. that music out and nobody it didn't get allowed to share be shared with the world i mean what fun story like i i recorded drums on the track with this guy in uk in like 2005 or 2006 and then 2011 or 2012 he sent me the cd in the mail i'd, I'd already moved to america i'd done all this stuff <laughs> there it is. And, and he sent me this thing uh i was like wow he'd like produced it and changed shit and stuff mm -hmm. like that but i was like wow that was a long was time. it good i mean yeah i mean i like the tracks you know, yeah it was, a, it was a good thing it was just like well that's just too long though for to keep a project bottled up to like over you know you just you just get to a point where you're just overworking stuff too much and i'm yeah. not sure what archie's process is whether he i mean obviously there's probably some element of him agonizing over well it's cool because he's kind of his own he's like a single artist yeah. as himself but he has a band around him kind of like ariel pink yeah. where he's like i'm an artist and these are my songs but i i'm he gives a lot of freedom to his band to come up with the parts that he mm. that they like and that they want yeah. um so yeah it's that interesting dynamic between creative freedom between different yeah people's worlds and their heads yeah, yeah um it's often a super difficult thing and a point of frustration for a lot of artists creative freedom like yeah that. or yeah. who's 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 you know leading the way or directing mm. um I don't know, communication is always the best thing to do, I suppose. Yeah. And it sounds like that's what they do. Yeah. And it's working out really well. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think that whole band is on the first album, right? Uh, beneath the Moon on 2013? Yeah. So six, six Feet Beneath the Moon. Um, yeah. I'm not sure. I didn't, I didn't find out who's actually on the album, whether it was okay. all him or I, the I, band. I think, I think as far as I know, it's the band. Yeah. 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 If anybody knows, let us know. Mm -hmm. um, that'd be great. But it's a, yeah, definitely a cool album. Yeah. Um, dark alternative kind of jazz. Yeah. Is is what I'm kind of hearing from this. Yeah, for sure. Um, some some more of his like you know punk punk jazz and and jazz fusion, a little post punk. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. His voice is kind of like a baritone, mm -hmm. kind of low. He's got that yeah. kind of thick accent. Yeah. So it kind <laughs> of, you know, it's kind of it's a it's a cool vibe that he creates. Yeah. yeah. I think he's he's really cool at, at creating vibes and like you said, he's learning with every release yeah so um he actually called his sound blue wave he, um, he coined that term right yeah and it was funny the interviewer was saying so he's like is this actually something you come up or is this did a journalist call this because you know how artists can't describe like tori amor didn't like how do they describe uh, his music uh, again hypnogogic chill wave chill wave yeah and he didn't like that right but, but yeah archie actually like he came up with blue wave. It's like I'm, I, I did it thank <laughs> this you this is the thing and uh he said it was really cool actually the way he described it he was like blue is the tone the color like the feeling just the color kind of thing and then wave is just 
kind of what's happening mm-hmm. with within us as people and between each other kind of thing which is pretty cool that's yeah pretty cohesive little vibe yeah idea yeah i think i think it's cool because he does seem to be a pretty visual guy absolutely like he was in at, at the the school of brit yeah brit <laughs> school, school. Of brit. Yeah, the brit school um yeah and so he's doing all these different kinds of arts and i think somewhere in between his releases he released uh, an album under his own name yeah archie marshall yeah yeah um, that he made with his brother and that ended up being like a lot of i don't know where this is in his discography maybe i'm jumping ahead but uh he released it and there's like a whole visual component to it yeah um yeah so i mean i like how this this guy's like just he wants to do art and he's well-rounded like give yeah. people the visual let's give him a whole package absolutely yeah um and he's just a kid basically you know yeah um so that's a, that's a cool album i definitely start with that one should we play uh before we move on one more track from that album yeah um Oh, I had one lined up, but it was. Uh, is there one that you uh, stood out to you whilst I, you were listening to it? Jay, I specifically want to hear the one you have loaded up. <laughs> this one's called "Will I Come." Uh, C O M E. It sound. It's not a rude title. No. Explicit. <laughs> there you go. One of my yeah. favorite aspects of, about this guy's music, that was a great track. Yeah, super um, short track, but yeah, it's really vibey. It's yeah. cool, yeah. It highlights how he's blending these genres and mostly using real instruments, I think, but, yeah. but very almost liber- liberally like on that track using mm-hmm. samples yeah. from uh, other music that he likes. Yeah. So I think that's pretty cool. That was a dope track. Yeah. Yeah, he's a Good lot, choice. A lot of textures in his music. Mm-hmm. Um, he does a lot of messing around with beats but he's also a guitarist and, you know, that kind of, um, I don't know how to describe his guitar playing. It's kind of, it's not Scar, because Scar is more like skanky, like I think. I don't know. Uh-huh. Um, but it's, it's a, I mean, it's drenched in reverb a lot of time. It's like guitar. Yeah. It's very jazzy, jazzy chords and stuff, but there's still something punky to it. <laughs> I think, I mean, I think it's the, the yeah. weird chord progressions and kind of yeah. almost dissonant chord changes that he does so it gives it that kind of odd punky grungy kind of vibe but he's playing also kind of nice chords and it's a nice sounding guitar so it's really smooth and atmospheric yeah blending so i mean this guy's he's just you can hear like five or six genre influences then in that one track alone sure and it's super cool yeah and the cool thing i found about um the title of the album six feet beneath the moon he was asked about the title of it mm-hmm. and he said that um and his his uh his brother did the artwork i think oh did he i didn't know that i That's think cool. i think he does the artwork for all his albums uh by oh, the way yeah. i don't even know if that it's not what you were going to talk about no but that's a cool thing to fun know. fact and we'll talk about that in a minute his album he did with his brother but um, okay. yeah the artwork's fucking dope as well so but uh uh yeah no he said um he said it was kind of like he said like the moon represents like you, the ambition, like the pinnacle of where you want to mm-hmm. be. And so being six feet beneath it is kind of, you know, you're almost there. You can bask in the, you know, the moon's pretty it's big. It's like you're so almost there, there <laughs> six feet from the moon. So it's, it's like, I like it because you're close to the moon. You can almost touch it kind of thing. Yeah. But then also like six feet under is like a reference to being dead. Yeah. I think. So it's like a pretty heavy kind of dynamic um yeah title there that was just in the title alone it's yeah heavy. just the yeah. title um <laughs> thick because I, I know yeah. being the moon i mean I, i've been if you invest in like bitcoin or, or ethereum like we were talking about talked the other about day last time, yeah. um <laughs> off air 
<laughs> a lot of the, the the people in the commenters would be like, "We're going to the moon," uh, like uh, referencing oh, yeah, yeah. when it goes when it just skyrockets. That is um, a saying, right? Yeah. Yeah. To the moon. Yeah. So there's something. Isn't that what Buzz from Lightyear said in the? Uh, no, it's to infinity and beyond. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But same right, kind yeah. of idea, basically. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I don't know what the, I don't know where that comes from. I'll have to look that up. Where the the moon is representative of to the of, moon. of um. Uh, what did he like? Uh, where he's trying to go, his ambitions. Yeah. You know, the moon is ambition. Yeah. And and where he wants to be, and yeah. he's kind of drawn to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he, and like you said, six feet from it, so he's close. Yeah, yeah. Which is a good place to feel creatively if you feel that way. Yeah, like you're on the edge, mm. you're on the brink of something greater. Yeah, because a lot of times, as creative people, we feel so far away from that. Uh-huh. Like, oh, you know, really trying to create this thing, but it's not coming out how i want it to be kind of thing so to get to the point where you're feeling like you're all like 90 percent there kind of thing is it's pretty cool i mean to get to 90 percent of a of a project like at these calibers is you know yeah artists know that there's a lot of work and time that goes into it so yeah i totally know where he's coming from super cool concept i like how he's he's building these these visuals these kind of artistic um concepts based on the Mm. phrasing of his album titles and stuff like that so yeah super well-rounded and that's a that's a great album yeah, and that was the other concept about his name as well. Um, uh, this interviewer asked him uh, why, why not just call yourself Archie Marshall because it's a good name, you know. Um, and he said he likes the theater of creating creating a character. Mm-hmm. So it's like a whole world that he can create, like sonically and visually. Um, I and, feel like that's great for yeah, him because he. I yeah. bet he's kind of learned to compartmentalize. Like, oh, I'm yeah. I'm with my mom. I'm with my dad. I'm at the hospital. Like, no, I'm at school. Maybe, yeah, yeah. I'm doing these Maybe different that's where things. Came from, yeah. mm. And it's like it's kind of easier to conceptualize what he's trying to do by like looking at it from afar, from another perspective, rather than like, I am King Cruel. Here's the lyrics. Yeah. Kind yeah. of seeing like, what is that guy up to? Yeah. I guess you know, kind of disassociating, looking at yourself from a from somebody else's perspective. Yeah. Maybe like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I'm talking crazy. No, you're not talking crazy. <laughs> Because uh, that reminds me of uh, uh, an Elvis Presley movie I saw. Uh, not King Creel. Not King Creel, and it, it actually wasn't. It wasn't Elvis Presley. It was a. Uh, it was recently. It was like ten years ago. It was or something like that. It's a movie, so it's someone else playing Elvis, but it was about how he met Nixon or wanted to meet President Nixon in the Oval Office. I forget the name of the title, the movie, it, and who was in it. But um, was it a, a documentary or like a? It was a film, film. Okay. There has been a documentary about it as well, but sure. this was like a drama, dramatized right, version right, right. of it. And there's one moment in the in the movie where Elvis is in a hotel room in Washington, and he's like, his best friend is there talking to him because he had an entourage. Actually, Elvis had like his two best buddies from like his childhood that would come with him everywhere, so they knew him before he was famous and. That type of thing. And there's this moment in the movie where he's talking about, um, I can't, I forget exactly what they said. Like his friend said something about, but you're Elvis, like you can do anything and stuff like that. And, and he was like, well, yeah, but it's Elvis as a character. He's like, when I walk into a room, people see Elvis, but people don't see me like as a person kind of thing. I don't know how true that was because it was in a dramatized movie or not. Or yeah. whether Elvis felt that way, but I think Elvis might have felt that he, and it happens a lot with massive artists like Michael Jackson, always, anyone that becomes like super famous, like are they, is well, the celebrity them or is it the persona they've created? It's almost like they're, they're trying to come up with a coping mechanism of handling the fame and their artistic outlet. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, 
like they're thinking i mean I don't, I don't know like i've never been at that level of fame or anything and you know hopefully i never have to or more yeah, of it sounds pretty horrible yeah yeah <laughs> i mean yeah it sounds kind of rough on a lot of these people yeah i um, mean you know in different cases works yeah. out different but yeah but um and i think so the reason i said all that is because i think you know archie's kind of he's a down to earth person and he's more interested in the art of creating music rather than trying to be a personality you know so like if he mm-hmm. was releasing music under his own name then the record label would want to promote him and it's kind of like the jesse ware thing we talked about on a previous episode where where my opinion of her was that she's a really great artist but i feel like her management and her label is not is trying to promote her as some kind of personality type thing and right and I feel like he's King Cruel. Archie has avoided that by having all these pseudonyms and creating sonic soundscapes to go with these pseudonyms and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, it sounds great. I love this guy so far. Yeah. Um, he had that... Uh, I get, we want to go on to the second album? Yeah. Second full-length LP? Mm-hmm. The Ooze? The Ooze, yeah. Uh, 2017. Or yeah. maybe I already said that. But uh, so a blue album title looks like a, a, some kind of an airplane with a chemtrail. It does, <laughs> or it looks like a space rocket hurling to Earth. I'm yeah. not sure what it is. It could be. But kind of, you know, minimalist yeah. thing, yeah. minimalist um, artwork, which looks cool. I don't know if his yeah. brother did that one, mm. but I, I thought that's what I, I read, that yeah. his brother did all the artwork. Yeah. Um, but this is a pretty cool album, pretty, a little more minimalistic, a little more. Yeah. A lot of the songs seem a little more kind of like sketches, like they almost mm. yeah. want to be like a full produced song. But they kind of, they never get that, they never get there. They kind of just ride this kind of vibe that's wanting to go somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Pretty interesting. Were you able to listen to any of the tracks? Yeah, for sure. I got this one here, Emergency Blimp, which I really liked. Let's hear something off it. Let's hear a little bit of this, yeah. Sounds good. Sick. <laughs> That's probably one of the more driving tracks from that album, actually, right? Yeah, I the think rest so. Of it is a lot more subdued. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. But great track. I mean, that yeah. it's pretty kind of beachy on that one. Kind yeah, of, or surfy. You know, a little surf rock kind of. That's influence. crazy. I didn't even think about that. I That's what hear, I hear. I hear it now. You say it. I th- it still felt punky to me. It, very, yeah, pretty yeah. punk. Little yeah. surf. Yeah, little California vibe. Yeah, I hear that now for sure. Yeah, <laughs> which is cool. I mean, this guy's hitting some yeah. spots that I really love. Yeah. Even though that's not the genre that, you know, almost anybody would describe him as. But yeah. like you said, that's kind of one of the only songs that's kind of like that. Yeah. But, you know, again, showing some diversity and variation yeah, yeah. on his album. And simple as well, because it is kind of minimalistic. Minimal, minimalistic in yeah. way. It's just, it sounds like it's just drums, guitar. I don't even really hear bass in that. I don't no, know. that was very yeah. garagey. It sounds yeah, like, yeah. yeah, like guitar, bass, drums, and vocals. Yeah, pretty... Yeah. And some simple instrumental, like yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know if you had some samples in there or something, but overall, yeah. super cool track. Yeah, yeah. that whole album's kind of it's kind of you can hear it in the vocals, it's kind of moody, it's kind of sad, yeah, kind of kind of depressing vibe. But he kind of he kind of yeah. builds off of that, you know, again, these feelings that are in his head, yeah. So, do you want to talk about his lyrical approach a little bit? Yeah, the beat, yeah. Did you um uh hear him talk about any much of that, or um, I mean, like, like I was kind of just touching on before mm. how I think a lot of his lyrics are coming from just it, all the tracks in his album sound like they're kind of trying to figure out what's going on in his own head mm. um, yeah. and kind of what he's going through, like 
from depression or anxiety, which, you know, I don't know, maybe that's not, doesn't sound like the most, um, unique thing to talk about. A lot of people are saying they feel this way these days, but again, it's also a super unique experience to him. Yeah. It's like a personal expression of what he's going through. Yeah. And that's, that's, there's no way anybody can relate to that specifically, which is what, what gives him that freedom to to talk about it and describe his own experience. Yeah. Yeah, he said he also, like, from a technical standpoint, or not a technical, I don't know if this is technical or not, but, like, he said he used to read a lot of poetry a lot when he was younger, mm-hmm. um, but he didn't always really understand it, and so he spent a long time kind of rereading it and trying to decipher its meaning kind of thing, um, and he said that sort of inspired him in the way he constructs, like, his lyrics now, how he wants to describe things kind of thing. Cool. I, I think he like thinks a lot about metaphors kind of thing and how I think he uses a lot of metaphor, that. a lot of yeah. simile. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I think uh, he was talking about one of his earlier albums or EPs. Or even, I think he was talking about uh, the, a band he was in before King Cruel came out with the first release. Mm. And just saying they're a little bit more wild, the lyrics were less subdued, but it was a lot of metaphor and simile, but they're talking yeah. about kind of dark, yeah, some heavier, dark or funny stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's kind of... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Masked through metaphor and simile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that reminds me actually of his, his first ever track that he said he recorded. He was eight years old. Eight years old. <laughs> he, did he also have a four track like all the other guys? <laughs> yeah, I don't know actually. I think he just might recorded on cassette. That's tape. the way he did it, yeah. Karaoke machine. I don't know <laughs> actually. Yeah, maybe he did have a four track. But um, it was funny. He said, uh, he said it was a bad track. He didn't like it. Obviously, he was eight years old, whatever. But he said the lyrics were dark. He said, <laughs> Already coming from a dark place. Yeah, he said it was about a dinner lady getting lost and then no one could find her and then they found her in a barn or something like that. <laughs> that's, that's pretty heavy Sounds, lyrical content. We're, seems like a CSI episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a little disturbing. <laughs> yeah. I, I, wouldn't, I would watch so, that episode. Yeah, exactly. How uh, does that end? I don't know. I don't know. He's he's still going. This is the story of King Cruel, and he's exactly. he's still writing that story. I think absolutely. Um, but that's a pretty cool album. It's a pretty fatty album. It's 19 tracks. It's over an hour long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that's a little bit of a you know, it doesn't need to be that long. Maybe. You mean you think you, it could be shorter, or do you think? I mean, like, it, uh, who? What's what's my place <laughs> to say? But I, I I like albums that are a little shorter than that. Like I don't think uh, this album. I don't think every track was so great that it warrants being over an hour long. Mm. No, a lot of good stuff on there. I'm not not dissing. There's a lot of short songs though, right? Is it like a just a lot, like you said, like a lot of short ideas that didn't they're not doesn't feel quite finished. Yeah, kind of like they're like a yeah. kind of a a, a, yeah. a scratch, yeah, yeah. scratchy kind of track, minimalist. Um, you know, just kind of record and see what we get, and then call it good. Yeah, you know, it is what it is, but it's a it's a good album. Yeah. You know, this guy's just doing his thing. Well, um, let's backtrack a little bit because you have talked about his brother, I think Jack Marshall. Right, right, right. Who does his artwork. And yeah, we mentioned it briefly a little bit earlier on. They did a uh, album together, although I don't think his brother was musical, so he didn't do any he was, of the music. I think they he helped um, co- collaborate on bringing in the poems and the artwork. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so they... So he decided to release that under his own name, Archie Marshall. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called, what was it, A Place to Drown or something? Yeah, and two is a, the number two. The number two, yeah. If you're searching that. And uh, so, like, 
it's he did put this out before in between his first album and this and this new album the ooze this came out in 2015 this came out before the ooze yeah okay yeah. Uh, under his own name and uh yeah like i said you said earlier they did a book as well um with all of his artwork mm-hmm. jack's artwork they did a documentary as well which i watched it's on youtube i think you can go and check that out yeah which kind of shows the process shows shows archie doing some artwork as well like mm-hmm. in the studio shows his mum. his mum's in the video and stuff cool. like that um <laughs> and uh, yeah it was super interesting very gritty though seems re- it's like a really edgy documentary like art documentary uh, yeah i don't uh, think i came across that one but i'll check it out yeah but the music is entirely different and i love this album like as soon as i first out found it and found it it's like i, I want to play a track from it but it's very polished and it's like beaty it's dark okay. it's kind of a little bit like massive attack in a way or something like that sure it's a little different than king cruels i think it's completely different it's got, yeah. okay i mean well you i can, wasn't able i didn't listen sorry to interrupt i didn't listen to it you no know, that's cool yeah i <laughs> i feel like you can still tell he did it but um but it's like a completely different vibe so i'll play a bit of this track um i'm excited it's called ammy i think it's called ammy ammy a m m i space a m m i ammy ammy okay maybe yeah, i don't know am i am i <laughs> am i am i yeah maybe amy yeah. amy anyway let's maybe go. it's in the lyric yeah. um <laughs> he's about to explain it all right now exactly and he did this with jamie isaac who was one of his early collaborators cool getting um, back together yeah, get the yeah. band back together exactly yeah here we go So yeah, it's like a lot more beaty. Yeah, that song was sick, dude. It's like a polished sound as well on the, uh-huh. on the beats. The I whole, like that a lot. Yeah, the whole album's like that that same vibe. That's tight, dude. I'm going to have to definitely give that one a listen. Yeah, and, uh, the, and the video as well, the documentary is really interesting. It shows him in his bedroom. It looks super ghetto. <laughs> is that where he made the album? It looks like it. I mean, or at least came up with some of the ideas. Because mm-hmm. I can't believe he made the production quality. <laughs> he literally had like this old crappy table and there's like a mattress in this room it's like in this house in london kind of thing and he's just smoking spliffs and playing around on this uh the mpc the mm-hmm. machine same machine that dj shadow made oh, these the similarities these synchronicities yeah he was making beats on there and he was just sampling like jazz records and stuff mm-hmm. in the video at least um so i like the bass yeah. on that track yeah it's really cool yeah was that yeah. it sounds like a lot of live instrumentation though or is it mostly all samples? It's hard for me to tell because it seems like a polished sound. Yeah. But I feel like there's there's some live instrumentation going mm-hmm. on there for that, sure. That's what like, I'm picking up on too, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like um, yeah, like the bass line seems pretty live. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Kind of thing. Super um, dope, man. Yeah. So, yeah, that was a cool project, and then yeah, that, and that was right before the ooze. So that was like 2012 yeah, or something like that. Yeah. So. That was 2012. When was the ooze? That was 2017. The ooze was 2017. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So he takes a few years mm-hmm. between these things. Yeah, I think I remember but, him saying that he liked to take his time. Like, why aren't yeah. you releasing more stuff? Like, I don't know. This guy's been pretty prolific, obviously. But I don't know. I think in an interview, somebody asked him, like, why aren't you making more stuff? And he just, he likes to take the time to, like, really build up something that's worth a release. Yeah. Know, for, for at least to his standard and how he feels about it. I think it's because I well, here's a few things. One, I think he's a pro- prolific songwriter, music maker. Yeah, I just think he doesn't release everything. Um, 
And I think the other part of it is it comes back to his concept of creating a character and King Cruel's a character. Um, so it takes time for him to create like a sonic world mm-hmm. for yeah, that get, character. Get up in that mindset yeah. and really create something of true value. Yeah, because he does in the meantime, he has like a few SoundCloud accounts with weird names on them. Um, yeah, how many what, accounts does this guy have? He's got. Like, I know of two. He might have more. Um, one is called Return of the Pimp Shrimp. Good name. <laughs> and the other one is called uh, DJ JD Sports. Okay. Oh, yeah, I did come across that one. Yeah. Do you know and, what JD Sports is? Is that in America? Is it in America? Oh, uh, it sounds super familiar. It's like a sports shop in the UK. Okay. Um, it's like uh, like Foot Locker or something like that. I, I guess I'm thinking yeah. of um, Scrubs, JD. Oh, okay. <laughs> the TV show Scrubs. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. Um, but I think I know that name from somewhere else too as well, but uh, that's all I got. Yeah, so he's like, he just, he'll just open up the SoundCloud account under a weird name, upload a bunch of music to it. Um, so he is yeah. like kind of how he's saying his parents were just always making music, but not releasing it. Like he's kind of yeah. got that same vibe, just creating stuff. Yeah. I feel like he's always just creating stuff. And um, Oh yeah. yeah. So he had, I mean, you, you mentioned he had these SoundCloud accounts. He's also gone, gone under zoo kid. Yeah. That was his very but, first name, which I, I think he dropped. Cause he said he didn't want to be known as a kid his whole life. That's so the didn't reason that, he dropped it. that name on there. Yeah. Yeah. And he also went under Edgar the Beatmaker. He has something released under that. Yeah. I think that's probably another SoundCloud account as okay, well. Okay, there you yeah. go. <laughs> Which I'll have to check out because this guy yeah. obviously is, you know, pretty versatile. Yeah. Making yeah. cool music. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, 2017, he had the, the Ooze. Mm-hmm. Big, moody, 19-track beast. Yeah. Pretty cool. And then in 2020, this year, came yeah. out with Man Alive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, in February, so earlier. Yeah. But yeah. I, I listened to this over the, the past couple of days and... This is my favorite stuff that I've I've heard from him. Besides oh, yeah. that album yeah. that you just played, yeah, it's weird because that the album I just played, uh, what was I? What is it called again? To a place to drown. Yeah. Um, for me, that's my most favorite work he's put out under mm-hmm. his own name because it's like really consistent and really vibey. Yeah, sounds um, like I'm gonna like it too when I listen to it. Yeah, the the King Cruel stuff is like it's a bit experimental, like. Um, but yeah, his new album for sure. It sounds like it's an improvement on the ooze. I feel yeah. Like. Like, kind know. of a little bit, yeah. you know, yeah. yeah, he's grown a little bit more mature. Yeah. Um, yeah. it's, yeah, it's a slow burn of an album. Mm-hmm. The, the songs take a little bit longer to kind of unfold, but they do unfold. Yeah. Um, good drums and bass, mm-hmm. I would say pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Almost like a post hardcore. Yeah. Um, influence vibe there yeah, yeah. that I was picking up on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, pretty tight and technical. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I thought this was super cool. I listened to it pretty late at night. Okay. Nice. And I, yeah. I think it's, it's, de- it's a good late night vibe thing. I yeah, think, really, yeah. Just like, yeah, it's not, it's not wall of sound. It's really delicate mm-hmm. and really spacey mm-hmm. kind of jazzy, but still kind of got his dark mm-hmm. overtone. Mm-hmm. Um, but re- very beautiful, very vibey. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, did you have any favorite tracks off of that one? Uh, a couple. Yeah. Uh, there's one called Stoned Again and Alone Omen 3. <laughs> yeah, nice. Um, uh, I guess, I mean, I don't even know why I asked. I don't really know all the song names. Uh, I, but I know I, you know, I I know the song if I played it. <laughs> yeah, was there one that stuck out, stood out to you when you were listening to it? Or um, I, I, I can't recall off the top of my head because uh, I was like listening to it just kind of laying, laying down and uh, I wasn't yeah. looking at it, yeah. which I kind of have a tendency to do, which is cool. 
because yeah. I don't want to have to always associate the name with it when I'm listening to it for the first for couple sure. times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but for purposes like this, it's very doesn't really <laughs> it's work. Important, doesn't, Jesse. We need to know the name. <laughs> no, I'm just taking notes. Taken. Notes taken. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but I, I I remember I like I think he used in multiple tracks different samples from Radiohead, which I thought was super. He cool. did. I didn't know that. Yeah. Which, in this album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just kind of in there, not super upfront. What, what type of samples like from songs of theirs i'm um, just i mean i off the top of my head just one weird one i can't remember which song it was mm. i just know like oh that's definitely like from kid a or something ah, interesting. like um i mean yeah kid a is a little bit of an old album now so it is from a while ago but i think i remember when i first got that album though that's another that's a story for another really? time yeah that would be a cool story <laughs> for another time uh, yeah yeah maybe we could have a like i want to do right i think we should do radiohead unfortunately listeners uh, all of the music probably be cut out because they're a massive band but Copyright. we should see we could just do it anyway whatever. yeah no i, I love radiohead because they yeah i love radiohead as well they got a super deep catalog mm-hmm. yeah and a lot very, of good stuff very good musicians and everything. obviously so, yeah. super influential to people yeah. like this mm-hmm. you know making music in 2020 radiohead started in like even in the 70s maybe is that no not is that, oh, is that too far Maybe the nineties. Uh, no nineties. Like yeah, seventies yeah. is way far away. Yeah, they were just born in the seventies. <laughs> okay, yeah, <laughs> they're not that old. Whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, good yeah. vibe. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, this this it, it, we're ambient. It's it's ghostly. Yeah. Um, it's it's pretty seductive. Mm. It's it's. I don't know. Do we have? A, do you want to play a track off of it right now? Yeah, I uh, I forgot how it sounds i'm just gonna play it we're gonna let's check it out all together right now here on roots to grooves stoned again yeah that's that guitar again there i think he probably uses the guitar more in his king crawl stuff than he does in any of his other like types of things that he does it seems to be a little bit of the glue that he uses for that project. Yeah, that's probably one of the textures, one of the which I love. Things, yeah. Meet some guitar on any genre of music. Any genre? Yeah, I mean, it gets, yeah. guitar is kind of a popular instrument, you know. Is it? <laughs> I, I, I saw this one store. They just called it the Guitar Center. Really? And yeah, they just have guitar stores out there. There's a whole like center. Mm-hmm. A center for them, Damn. like it's some kind of headquarters or something. I don't know. Wow, are they going to take over the world? Is no, I, actually, right? maybe the opposite. I think the one in Seattle closed. I think, yeah, I think didn't it? closed. <laughs> That's where I used to get my drumsticks from, and now I can't go anywhere. I have to go to freaking Bellevue or somewhere. Ah, what a or, hassle. Or order them online or something. That's Where's crazy. the drum center, you know? There's, there's a niche that needs to be filled. There used to be a drum center somewhere in the world. I've been to, oh, I love, yeah, that's a whole other story. I love <laughs> drum stores going in. It, music stores are fun. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Music stores are fun. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, so that was pretty freaking recently, and I don't think he's been touring very much because of obvious reasons this year. Yeah, I did manage to see him live, though, when he had the ooze out. He played here really? at the, um, uh, the Showbox in Pipe Place Market. Okay. Yeah. Like, you're, kind of bo- you're kind of close to both the Showbox right here. Yeah, the other one is uh, next to the other Signal Studio. Uh, you got uh, personal Soto. Showbox Studios. Personal, which I actually don't like. The I don't know if you've ever been there. Showbox Soto. Yeah, I've been to. I've been to both. Yeah, both cool. I don't like the sound quality there because it's like a big warehouse and it's not like acoustically treated very well. And 
Yeah, and they have the bar in there, so it's yeah. it doesn't seem it's just like a yeah big empty yeah. Amazon warehouse room kind of yeah. So the sound doesn't really work so well unless you're like up close to the stage or something like that. Mm-hmm. But but he played at the smaller one, which is a lot cooler venue. It almost feels like a kind of old school cabaret type vibe. In yeah, there kind of thing. a little like a like a speakeasy almost. Kind of yeah. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I think they took super long to come out on stage. <laughs> They were just getting stoned backstage oh, or something. Yeah. Seattle, right? You know. He, I mean, this guy's like, he's a punk. He's a rock star. Exactly. Yeah. He's, he's on his own time. And that song we just played was called Stoned Again. And actually, there's a, a hilarious, well, it's not that hilarious. It's just funny to see him being interviewed by the High Times. I was almost going to bring that up. I saw that yeah. interview and I was like, this guy. <laughs> he's wearing these sunglasses and he's just like. <laughs> do they provide you, like, hey, here's five joints? Go I ahead. They must do. Yeah, they're in California and it's the High Times. Yeah. So. I mean, that's yeah. great. We'll have to we'll have to do a, an episode. Yeah, he asked, he said, "Well, shit, I don't know if I can handle that. I'll be weird. <laughs> Nor can I'll be I. Super weird. Yeah, we're not. I'm already too weird. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you are. Anyway, no, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Call me out, bro. Yeah, I'm right. not... Um, uh, no, what was I gonna say about that? Oh, yeah, because he said the uh, the weed is uh, is like purer here in America or something because uh, you know it's not legal in the UK, so you get a lot of shit." Over there. That makes sense. Um, and he was so, you know, spliffs riffing over there. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, smoking the not so pure weed with tobacco at the same time. So, well, mask it up, just yeah. cover it, just kind of blend it. Yeah. And he was asked, like, how High Times asked him, when did he first, what's his preferred method of smoking? And he was like, well, I started with a friend just ripping bongs. And I think he was kind of like, you saw this interview, right? He I think like, I think so. I don't he was know. like, "That's like a hardcore way to." Do it. He didn't say <laughs> hardcore, but I think that's pretty much kind of what he was trying to say. It's right. like it's a bit much to like be. I mean, I was there. I did that as well. It was a thing in teenage England doing bongs. Yeah, bongs but, hit hard, uh, man. You just need one solid yeah. hit, and it's like boom, you're you're heading to the moon. Yeah, you head through the moon. <laughs> you're, you're six feet from the moon. <laughs> <laughs> On the other side. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's all I got on this guy. I mean, that's up yeah. to date. He just dropped this album in 2020. I just discovered it. So he, he has done some uh, collaborations, though. Um, uh, Mount Kimby is uh, another artist out of the UK. It's like a duo kind of thing. Uh-huh. Um, and they've done, he's done like two features on two separate albums with them. Um, which kind of sonically reminds me a bit more of the two place, uh, a place to drown mm-hmm. type sound kind of thing. Cool. Um, and, uh, and these just yeah. came out this year. No, these were a while ago. Um, okay. One of them, I think the first one, let's have a look here. Was so this guy's always working on music. 2013 was one of his appearances on Mount Kimby. The other one was in 2017. So, uh, one of them has a music video for it as well. I think uh, "You Took Your Time" is one of the, one of the ones that has a music video. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah, um, super cool tracks though. They're another great uh, group. Yeah. Um, so I mean, a lot of content. If you get into this guy, a lot of different branches yeah. of of, yeah, yeah. of his style and what he's trying to do. And if you're not watching it and miss it, or if the media don't catch it, you you might miss some tracks kind of thing yeah no he's got some deep cuts yeah i feel like his uh so on his soundcloud on his return return of the pimp shrimp soundcloud he has you know the header image 
and the header image is a tweet from someone saying, oh, I found this Edgar the Beatmaker track and I and I feel like it's like he should team up and do something with King Cruel because it sounds really sad. <laughs> oh, yeah, these guys are he, dope. He's like trolling himself. I don't know what's happening <laughs> with that thing. <laughs> Was it from like the one of his Twitter accounts or something? When yeah, like so, replying some, to himself? No, someone else had tweeted that about Edgar the Beatmaker, and then he made that his header image okay. on Return from the Beam Trip. It's like it's, it's like get, the Inception or something. Yeah, it's, it's getting meta. Who's who? Who's King Cruel? Who's Edgar? Exactly. Who are the, all these people making this dope music? Yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah, I mean that that that's up to date man that's all i got on this guy he's dope yeah yeah i mean i guess uh he's been on like he's been on david letterman yeah so he's been on some big shows in the states yeah yeah which is um, crazy yeah i think he did that and another uh, one jimmy kimmel or something like that. yeah i think jimmy kimmel yeah. i mm. think um the ooze won a a met award or something or what is it mm. um what is it called no grammys yet no grammys yet for king cruel no, but he's on his way. Oh, was, he was nominated for a Mercury Prize for the Ooze in 2017. Oh, okay. So, I mean, I don't know about Mercury Prizes, but it sounds cool. I want one. The Mercury Prize is a really cool thing in the UK. Um, I don't know why I think that, but I, I do think that. No, it's not <laughs> Freddie Mercury. You know, um, I don't know why they call it a Mercury Prize, but it's basically um, they only it, the only prize is Best Album and the short list after going through so many people like the night of the ceremony is like 10 albums kind of thing mm -hmm. and they'll have like you know performances from each artist and stuff like that and it's all voted for it's like a critics award so the only people that vote for it are journalists and music media and stuff like that um and they but, but all the tracks all the albums that are usually in that mercury music prize are all like you know things that have gone on to be like, um, you know, oh, what's the way to say? Like, like iconic albums and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Influential. Yeah, something. like Radiohead has been nominated a bunch of times and stuff like that. And um, so, yeah, to be part of that, I feel like you know they're sort of like must listen albums because most of the time they're not. Um, there's some mainstream things in there. Like I think Amy Winehouse might have won one mm -hmm. once or was nominated. But, um, but there's some overlap there. You can do something that's poppy and critically yeah. acclaimed but also a statement and something new yeah so and that's like, what they're kind of focused on yeah so like one year this guy ronnie size won it um this album ronnie size represents it was a great it was drum and bass it was like a it was a really i think a pivotal drum and bass album that came out because it wasn't just all about dance music it was like really intelligent drum and bass like a lot of intricate samples yeah uh, when he played live he had like this jazz drummer that was playing drum and bass beats live and stuff like that and they had these racks of samplers with these old big computer monitors like back in the 90s that's cool that's what like i want to see yeah that's dope uh that was a really great album and totally unexpected because it's not mainstream there was mm -hmm. not one hit there was not one radio friendly song on, right on this double album it was a double album that came out it's a big one it's like 20 tracks or 30 tracks or something but um we digress. I digress. But uh, the, the Mercury Music Prize, yeah, I think like the fact that King Cruel was part of that, I think it puts him puts his albums in the in the league of. I wasn't you know, aware of how like classics, yeah. the the yeah. importance of the value of the Mercury Prize was, but that yeah, sounds yeah. pretty cool. Like yeah, yeah. they got their head on straight and they're trying to celebrate good music. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. if that's not a reason to to listen to this guy, then yeah. don't. Yeah.
Forget it. Uh, interesting guy from London. Uh, still Ar- developing his sound, I think. Archie Marshall. Archie Marshall, still aka King Cruel. Creating. Yeah. Um, Love and life. I Getting so. through. He's a he's a father now. He's only twenty six. Oh, I just thought he's he has like a one year old. He had him like in two thousand nineteen. Yeah. A little yeah, yeah. kid, a little girl, a little baby. I don't know whatever it is. Yeah, with his uh, girlfriend, I think, who's a photographer, filmmaker. She's I think directed a couple of his music videos as well. Nice. So. We should have said some of this stuff at the beginning of the episode. I guess, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, should we play out on um, uh, a collaboration he did with Mount Kimby? That sounds great. Not that I've heard that, but yeah, you I got the you'll beats, like it. I think you'll like it. We'll see. I'm going to play um, Blue Train Lines from Mount Kimby featuring King Cruel. Sounds good. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, this has been Roots to Grooves with Jay and Jesse. We'll catch you on the flip flop. Keep it real. Roots to Grooves is a production of Signal Radio. For more music and independent culture, visit signalradio.com. That's S-I-G-N-L radio.com.